Hey, this is Sean Marr. I play Simon Tam and voice Nightwing. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Begin transmission. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for... My pants! Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Hello, I'm Miles Stephen Laughlin. Hi, I'm Space Pants Garcia. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you actually did that. Oh, welcome to the I, Sci-Fi Diner. I, it's I, great to have you here. Scott, you've met me. I know, I know. So uh, we, we probably should start. If you haven't seen this, please go look up the Space Pants skit on Saturday Night Live and you will understand Space Pants. I put the link, link it on, on, the, on the website. Page. Yeah, it's link in the way. And you know what? Maybe I'll just insert a clip of the song because, you know, no one really should miss that. Space oh. pads! <laughs> if you're a sci-fi fan and any fan of Peter Dinklage, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, Game of Thrones actor Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> well, anyways, it's great to be here recording with you guys. It's been a little over a month. We took uh, the month of May off. It's good to be back mm-hmm. in the diner. It's good to be back and uh, recording and uh, chatting and so on. It's, uh, we have some great stuff coming up. Um, yes. We have Escape Velocity, which is, uh, is and you're, you're going to, and then Shortly, which um, hopefully we'll all be there. I'm in question about that, but now I'll talk to you guys later about that. Um, uh, but... Um, we have some great stuff coming up and uh, stuff that we're looking forward to movie-wise oh, yeah. and uh, that we're going to be talking about and, of course, a ton of stuff that we've been watching and doing. So, some real good stuff. Our menu tonight, Miles, do you want to take it away? Sure. So, we have, uh, in TV news, um, Last Ship Season 3, and sorry to start on a bit of a downer, but uh, the season three premiere is going to be delayed due to uh, uh, what happened in the shootings in Orlando, Florida this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about a little bit about that. The movie news, um, Doctor Strange will be strange. Uh, new Wolverine movie and title, uh, maybe. The, the, new, the new classical Transformers and uh, Universal Temple. We will share with you our interview with um, um, Simon Tan himself from Firefly. And... Uh, we have an awesome sci-fi five of five with uh, the, from the folks from NASA. Yep, absolutely. And just to clarify, they did not send that into us. It's something that I pulled off the internet. I, yes, I read it on the internet. It has to be true. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing we're going to also share is a little bit about what's going on in our world. Mm-hmm. And um, and just so you know, up front, next podcast we are reviewing are basically reliving I don't like reviewing because it makes sound like we're, we're evaluating this movie like a gazillion years later but we're going to be talking about Independence Day the original Independence Day movie in anticipation of the new Independence Day movie that will be coming out a few weeks later looking forward to so, uh, so if you want to share your thoughts about what you like dislike about the original Independence Day um, favorite moments we would love to hear them you can put them on Facebook you can email them to us at decipheredoutpodcast.com and or post them on Twitter uh, we would love to see and hear your thoughts so it's going to be a fun time it'll be fun yeah. watching Independence Day again yeah, yeah. 
And we can, of course, criticize the fact that they're uploading a computer virus the way they do. But, oh, know, there'll, so. there'll be things to criticize about it. That, that's okay. It's still a fun movie. Yeah. yeah. At least Data's in the movie for a little bit. I don't know how they brought him back, though, because he was totally dead. He, he, looked, he looked pretty dead to me, didn't he? I thought his yeah. neck he, was he broken. Was yeah. He was really dead. It'll, that, that, the mystery will be revealed. Dead. They brought him back with space pants. The magic space pants. Yeah, the space pants. They reanimated him. They did. They did. It reanimated him. All right. Well, why don't we uh, start a little by going into a little bit about what's going in uh, on in our world, if I can talk here, um, in our world of science fiction. And Emma, would you like to go first? You're first in the list here. Oh well. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, I the month has been so I just got a new job. Yay! After being unemployed for a long awesome. time in contracting. Awesome. So I've been very focused on that. I've been sticking to what's important, like uh, Captain America. Um, I just recently went to Awesome Con. Um, Game of Thrones. I mean, we can talk for hours for what's going on with Game of Thrones. Um, I just started watching Voltron oh, yeah. on Netflix. We just Definitely. re-released to a new series. And um, I saw Warcraft this weekend, which... Um, is getting really weird mixed reviews and you can I can tell I can tell who's a gamer who's either tabletopped or who has done an, played an MMO of any sort like they're the ones who dig it um, but I haven't had a chance to pick up any new books um, it's really it's been all work and no fun <laughs> <laughs> well, makes for a very space pants M yeah there you go <laughs> Yeah, we're going to see how many times you can work space pants into this episode. Uh, if you hear it in your and you're drinking at home, you can just take a swig and who knows what will happen. Space pants! The, who knows what will happen by the end of the show here. So, space pants. Our very own sci-fi diner drinking game, space pants. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> um, a question for you about Warcraft. And uh, and we can... and I don't think we'll give any spoilers here. My brother was looking at it. He was he was an avid World of Warcraft gamer, as I was back in a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and his problem with it, and he, he he liked it, but he wishes it would have been all Blizzard CGI with no live actors. So, no, <laughs> for me. For me. For you, uh, no. I, I like the blend of it, and you have to use CGI with War, with Warcraft. Absolutely. You, there's no, there's, there's not enough prosthetic material to make a human into an orc. There just isn't. Well, I think what he was saying is he wishes it was all CGI. Right. No like humans, then yeah. it would look like a cartoon movie. Well, it would look like the opening of every Warcraft game you played. That's what he was hoping. And for. that's fine. That's fine. And that it. You get a lot of that cinematic in the movie, but there's just there it it's like Avatar. You you have you have your CGI elements and then you have your practical elements. And that's that's what really creates the realism in those kind of movies. Like when it's blended well, it just you you escape into that world. But if it's purely CGI, then you know you're going into a cartoon movie or a, an artificial movie. And if anything, like Mad Max, when when that came out, it showed filmmakers that you could continue to do practical 
and blend CGI into something and make it amazing. Um, like most of the explosions and the stunts and the and all of that in Mad Max was actual practical effects and everything. So Warcraft, you have to use CGI, but to balance it out and to make it feel real, you need that little touch of humanity to make so it doesn't feel like a video game. And that's that's a whole topic of conversation we could have. How um, how the gaming industry is now trying to expand um, expand their offerings. They're trying to become a little a little different. They're they're seeing that comic books have elevated themselves into this new their franchises into television and film, and it's done incredibly well. So that's the next step. A lot of tabletop games and these long arced games. Um, they have books. They've, they're starting to get comic books. They have huge tomes of tales to tell. And the, the next best step is to take those and take them off the computer screen and put them on the big screen. And very few games have been able to do it successfully. Like Doom, that was a disaster. Um, I can't even think of any other... I can't think of any good game-to-movie leaps that I mean, have been was, worth was, watching. Was Resident Evil a movie first or a game first? It was a game first, but Resident Evil the movies are horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've always yeah, I always enjoyed them. They're they're good fodder for, you know, they're Yeah, I mean, you aren't going in there for any sort of depth. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but right. if you're looking for shooting and slaughtering, you know, slaughtering bioengineered zombies, it's great. <laughs> Absolutely smurfly. Yeah, I mean, so. they just they go, they kill them, they wear their space pants, yeah. and they move on. Yeah. See what I did there? I did. I did. That was another drink, by the way. Pantalones um, espaciales. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, it's good to hear that perspective because I think that some because um, I'm used to seeing Warcraft done just the, the, the cinematics in the games. And so to hear that the blend really brought an authenticity to Warcraft, I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome. Um, M, is there? Uh, how about Awesome Com? You want to tell us a little bit, a little bit about Awesome Com? Awesome Com. Uh, awesome Com was great. It was huge this year. So it was just two weeks ago here in the Washington D.C. area. Um, we, I mean, the, it was. It was just, it was really big. I mean, it's just getting bigger and bigger, and it's the only, only the fourth year that it's been on. And they've had to, the first year, the first and second year that this con was put on, it took up a fourth of the Washington, D.C. Convention Center, which is huge. Um, not as huge as the Javits Center, so for those of you, and not as huge as Comic-Con, but pretty big for D.C. I would say it's half the DC Convention Center is half the size of the Javits Center in New York, for those of you in New York. Um, every year it gets bigger and bigger. And before the con was in one little space, this year it's across both the buildings. It's all over the place. Uh, the The names that were there were amazing. The folks from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were there. Carl Urban was there. Um, a whole bunch of people um, from Futurama. Lots of great voice actors. It was really good this year something got a little squirrely and i didn't get my press pass till like the week before um so i didn't get in a chance to request interviews 
And because of how busy the con was, they weren't allowing walk-up interviews either. That's how busy it was that they couldn't even pause to do a 10-minute interview unless, you know, you're like a big TV person. But at the, the, the queues to get signatures and to take pictures were so, so long. And um, what's his name? The doctor and Clara were there. And, of course, I can't think of the name of the character. The actors, um, Peter Capaldi, uh, Peter Capaldi, and what is her name? Oh, Clara Oswald. I bet it was name. Clara Oswald. Yeah, yeah, she was an annoying character anyway, so I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but I care. Um, there, I mean, the it was it was really well, really well attended this year. I was so excited. I got some recordings of some friends that we sat at some panels, um, and got a little info on some stuff. Carl Urban is the worst. He would say, well, you know, I could tell you about something at Star Trek, but I won't. And he yeah. was, <laughs> was such a goofball. Such a tease. Uh, he is a tease, but he told us a funny story about, you You know what Snapchat is? Or not yeah. Snapchat, um, that, that app where you can sing a song, like the dub something. Oh, yeah, Song of Fire, whatever it's called. Yeah. So. Oh, that, oh yeah, no, the dub one. I know, I know, go ahead. So, Carl was like he was filming and then he was away for a little bit and the guys on set really loved doing that and sending it to each other and so Carl was gone for a little bit and came back on set and they were like hey you know what'd you have to say and he's like say about what like all those little you know the dubstep things that the, the dub song things what are you talking about well, we texted you all of these things, all of the clips of them in costume singing these songs on the set while they were filming, which was incredibly secretive. Um, and he's like, I don't know, really. No, we texted them to your phone, the phone you had the last time you were in Los Angeles. And Carl Urban said, I turned that phone in. I don't have that phone. So they had to find out it was some guy on a crew on another show. And they were like, what the hell? What's going on? And he was actually responding back, and they thought that it was Carl. <laughs> so it became this huge kerfuffle where they had to like send a lawyer out and like, look, dude, you have to erase this from your phone. You have to sign this non-disclosure. And then all of them got in big trouble. Oh, and, <laughs> no doubt. Oh, so that's funny. That was kind of funny to hear about the antics, and it was it was good to be it was good to hear the confirmation that it was um, Simon Pegg, who is a huge nerd. An amazing, amazing nerd um, who wrote a really great book called Nerd Duel, so you should get that on audio. Um, he wrote the script. Apparently, there were script problems, and about like eight weeks before principal photography was supposed to start, they're like, "We don't have a script." So he said, "I'll write it," and had the first had the first draft of the script ready three weeks before principal photography. So they were kind of editing and writing the film while they were making it but they were all on set doing it together so how cool is that that's pretty awesome but we'll talk about that more when we talk about star trek in a few weeks but for now awesome con was great um next year is proving to be considering the talent that they got this year it's going to be just as big next year and it's it, it was it was a blast it's totally worth going it's like going to comic con but uh new york comic con but a little quieter and you can get a hotel room that isn't a million dollars and you actually do get time when you go to get autographs you do get like a few minutes to sit and chit chat it's not like a 
like an assembly line where it's just sign and go, sign and go. Yeah. And it's nice. Very good. Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Em. Sure. And I bought some space pants while I was there. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> uh, and you what have you guys been up to? Uh, not wearing space pants, that's for sure. But, uh, Miles, how about you? What's been going on in your sci-fi world? Um, well, I had a birthday a couple weeks ago, so my family got me a bunch of Star Wars toys. And, Happy uh, birthday! And a pair of space pants for my birthday. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, Thank after you, all. Miles. <laughs> um, Happy but, birthday, sunshine! Thank you. But saw Captain America Civil War, enjoyed that. Um, 12 Monkeys is on. I'm um, enjoying that show. Game of Thrones, like M, so we could talk about that uh, more because there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, looking forward to Killjoys, Dark Matter, and Last Ship coming back. Uh, I've read the Stargate uh, novel Kali, written by a friend of the show, author uh, Keith DeCandido, and I'm reading a Star Trek East Space Nine novel of Force of, Mo- Force of Motion by Jeffrey Lang. So, uh, and this is for Emma and, and Miles here. Uh, the, the whole Game of Thrones is especially, it seems to be really awesome this season. And can't, like, so I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> You're not watching it. What's wrong with you? It's so good. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know that M really hates the show, but Miles, how about you? Zip it, you. <laughs> Well, we, we got Jon Snow back. Big surprise. Yeah, no, not if you Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't read the books, but it's just, you just, I don't know. You, you, I mean, yeah, yes, they killed off lots of major characters, but I just couldn't see. They're, they're beyond the books now, anyways. Mark. They're be- beyond the books. Yeah, beyond so- the books. But we're seeing some really cool character stuff. I mean, uh, Danny rocked by killing all the... Uh, um, I don't know if I'm saying it right. The uh, Dalfraki, all the, yeah, the all, Dalfraki. all the calls, uh, all the calls. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh my god, that was an awesome. That was an awesome scene. Um, Arya Stark, she's she's kicking ass and taking names. Of course, you'd expect nothing less, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, very good, mm-hmm. very good. And they they brought the one guy back. I that uh, so after when they showed on HBO, they oh, usually yeah. have a little clip afterwards where you get to they um, interview the showrunners and um, George R. Martin was actually in town recently, um, and I ha- a friend of mine recorded the the uh, he was at a con I can't remember which one. Balticon? Oh, he's he's a, a he's, yeah, he's a um, A friend of mine recorded the panel, and it turns out, and I was so pleased to hear this that HBO sat down with George R R R, um, and his space pants, of course, and really long conversation about where they were going to take the show because. There's this season and the next season, and HBO's not doing anymore because there's what else can you do? But a lot of a lot of what they put in the show is is they actually did listen to the fans and a lot of the lore that the fans had written, like the John, how Jon Snow is um, a child of of uh, Lan- is a Lannister Lannister, is Lannister and um, he's a he's a child. Child of Aegon Targaryen. Yeah. Yeah. Aegon and Stark. The Targaryen Stark child. So there's a chance that that's actually going to come to light. Like a lot of these things were things that, that George won in the story, but just hasn't fleshed them out yet. And then these, there's little snippets that 
I'm, I keep seeing that I'm like, but that was just a, an idea that a fan wrote about three years ago. This is amazing. What what they've really embraced the show, its lore, its creator, and its audience. And this season is straight for Sunday at nine o'clock now. That's awesome. That's awesome. I actually pay for HBO now. Just to <laughs> you're not the only one. Yeah, well, you know one thing that can make Game of Thrones better. What? Jon Snow in space pants. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. He's oh, he's been cast in um ah, oh, jeez. There's a video game movie coming out. Yeah, he's cast I cast as the lead. Yeah, I saw. I forget. We can. Uh, we could. There's a, th- there's a there's there's a thing called Google that if we really wanted to know, we can look it up. If only there was some place we could go that has all the answers. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we may not have Jon Snow in, in Space Pants, but we do have uh, Tyrion Lannister in Space Pants. We, we do. We do. And uh, come on. Oh, Tyrion. <laughs> uh, well, in my sci-fi world, are you looking that up? Um? I am. Okay, good. So, so we can tell us what's going on in okay. your sci-fi world. Uh, so um, a lot of anime. Uh, again, partially because of the class I was teaching, and partially because of my daughter, um, she got me into this series called Library Wars, which is a little bit like Fahrenheit 451, if mm. you've ever read that book. So you know, yeah. Fahrenheit again for those of you that haven't, Fahrenheit 451 is about these guys going around burning books because you know 451 is a temperature that books burn unless they're Kindles. Um, and anyways, the uh, so, uh, Library Warp's premise is that in Japan, there was this huge censorship movement where they began to destroy and burn books, and the libraries decided to arm themselves. Cool. And so, Library Wars is, libraries have their own militia faction, and they're fighting against these uh, people that want to censor uh, the books. So, that's kind of the premise of the show, and then there's, of course, a love story and, you know, characters that you follow throughout it. Um, but that was fairly good. Except for the very last episode, which a bit was a bit wonky. Um, also watching Bleach. Uh, you know, we're working our way through all 300 episodes. Um, wow. Uh, I'm, about, I'm about episode 130, so I still have a ton more to go. Um, watched a movie, Castle in the Sky. I'd seen it before, but it's probably one of the best anime out there. Um, and uh, Death Note, which is absolutely incredible. It's about this uh, the story as it follows this kid, this high school kid who finds this death notebook that if you write someone's name on it and you can picture the person, uh, they die within 40 seconds. Wow. Um, yeah, and so it explores that. He begins killing off like all the major criminals in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it uh, explores whether, you know, is that what you should be doing? There's a lot of morality it's playing into. It's really it's really a thought-provoking show. In the, and I've only watched the first couple episodes, but that's been real good. Um, and then I've been reading the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson, Words of Radiance. Uh, it's a book two in a three book series. Um, the third one, Oathbringer. I don't know when that's going to be out. I always hate reading a series when you have to like wait for the next book. George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. You should just stop wearing space pants and be done with it. Um, but it was, uh, it's, it's a phenomenal book. I love the world building in it and it really draws me in. Really draws me in. And uh, for those of you that listen to the Dune Saga podcast with us, we are in the process of 
creating a new podcast out of that. Uh, David, uh, Jim, and I, Jim Arrowood and I are going to, we're creating a new podcast because we're almost through the Dune universe. We have like one book or a second book, two more books to go yet, and then we'll be done. So we're working on the next incarnation, and so that'll be a new genre podcast, book-related, that we're going to be doing. So that's what's going on in my sci-fi world. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And do we have an answer, Em? Oh, uh, Call of Duty! Oh, yeah, that's awesome. He'd be good in Call of Duty. Yes, it is. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, before we move on, just want to play a promo for the show 11-22-63. Are any of you watching that? I already watched it. You did? And, and did you watch the show? 11-23, was it who? It, it was, it's based on a Stephen King a novel, and it's a, a TV show that was out this past year, right? Yeah, it was out, like, Two months ago, you could probably still. It was a Hulu Plus did it. Yeah. So okay. yeah, it was a Hulu Plus show, and our good oh, friend. The one about JFK. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I have not seen that yet. No. And um, who's the main character in that? James uh, Franco. Stars yeah, James Franco stars in it. Yeah. So, anyways, Wayne and Troy are friends uh, from the uh, West Coast. Uh, did a, a podcast on it, so I'm going to play that. We're going to play their promo and just give it a little bit of love, even though it's off the air. Huh. So it's a podcast that they're doing. So here you go. When you go through there, it's 1960. Stephen King's time travel thriller, 11-22-63, is coming to Hulu. And Golden Spiral Media will journey down the rabbit hole with 11-22-63, A Look Back. Join Wayne Henderson and Troy Heinrichs as they journey through the obdurate past. Life turns on a dime. So join us at 112263podcast.com. And into TV news. Uh, Miles, do you want to take this bit of TV news that we have? Sure. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Last Ship. Uh, Gene Cobb plays the XO. I'll, you know, doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> But, uh, Jane, the man they call Jane. Sorry. But, uh, but um, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to um, the victims and, 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 and families of, of, of what happened uh, last weekend. So, and, and in light of that, TNT's last ship uh, season uh, premiere is postponed. Um, um, it, was, it, was, it was scheduled to, to be released, I think, it, you know, within the next, you know, Couple of weeks, but as a result of the shootings in Orlando, uh, its 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 season premiere is uh, been postponed, um, and uh, they don't they don't have a schedule yet when they're going to. Well, you know, and, and it's a good call by TNT because uh, reportedly the first episode of the new season has a nightclub shooting in it, yeah. and the last thing you want to do is, um, it's kind of like do you remember when the the first Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Uh, was coming out, oh, yeah, and here they had the uh, the web with the copter stuck between the two twin towers, and I then the twin know. towers were brought down, and they instantly went back and reshot that and said, "We can't do that." You know, this is I love when there's that sensibility between the movie world and the real world, and saying, "Okay, we do, we do." We do publish and put out some really dumb stuff, but when we're when we have some sensitivity to that, I like this. This is this 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 warms my heart. Yeah, this is the right move. I, I mean, it's 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 too soon. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
Michelle will be back when yeah, give it give it time. Yeah. Well, given the given the size of the LGBT community that works in the entertainment industry, and given the amount of people in the military who are now allowed to be who they are in the military and LGBT environment world, it's and dealing with what they're dealing with on that show, which is a form of domestic terrorism and what we Sunday was domestic terrorism. And it was, it was absolutely the right thing to do. It was absolutely the right thing to to, you know what, this is not the time. This is not the place we are going to do what we can do out of respect for the bull crap that just happened. And I mean, you don't see, in, ever since 9-11, you don't really see big giant buildings getting blown up with people in it anymore because it's just, it's too close. It's too human. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a conversation that, that's hard to have. But so you just, you make the decision and you keep going out of respect and out of solidarity yeah. for what went on. Yeah. And I'm, the whole, uh, all of Sunday, was, I was left speechless. I couldn't even talk about it. Because I can't, I can't even imagine. I don't understand yeah. where that comes from. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I have such a passion for a thing that I would want it to be dead with me. Yeah, you know, I don't get it. Yeah. So it's when, when, when television and movies, when they stand up and they say, you know what, we respect that this shit happened, stuff happened. We're standing with you. We're supporting you. We're not going to make things worse. We're going to, we're going to make the change. We're going to, we'll just fix it. Yeah. We'll just fix it. And it's done. That yeah. probably begs the question. Will they probably, I don't know if it's too, too, if they can, but if they, if they'll even reshoot that. that. You would think there would have to be, or maybe minimize the violence in it. Maybe edit it down. Yeah. Or do something like off camera. Mm-hmm. You know, there would have to be a ways. I don't know. They could, this gives them time if they postpone the release date to maybe call back actors if they can to to reshoot whatever they'll, is necessary. So I'm sure they'll try and film some pickups for it, yeah. and yeah, we'll see. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, if you can find a new release date, if they have one, that'd be great, and we will mention that then. Um. So right now, uh, it was supposed to be the season debut was supposed to be um. It looks like it was supposed to be sun. It was supposed to be Sunday night. Okay. Two-hour season premiere of TNT's drama *Last Ship* will not air tonight, as scheduled, out of respect for the victims of the massacre in Orlando nightclubs, where 50 people lost their lives. Actually, 49 people and one complete coward um, lost their lives. The premiere contains a scene involving a shooting at a Vietnamese nightclub. Yeah, that's that's why. They, that's most likely why they pulled it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the second episode, it looks like they're trying to cut the second episode into the opening episode. So, but there's, there's not much more on that. Yeah. Well, that's going to be tough, especially if it sets up the second season. That's our third season. That's going to be tough for them to do, but they'll, they'll figure it out. And you know what? We'll just, it's a TV show. It's entertainment. You know what? And, uh, and everyone listening should go support that show because of their sensitivity. Because seriously, it's not often Absolutely. you see it's not it's not often you see that sort of sensitivity coming out of a TV show. And when it does, they deserve our support. So 
In movie news, we have uh, some news about Doctor Strange being a little bit strange, and this is comes from Matt Mickelson, who's an actor on it, and is he's indicating that it's going to be different from the other Marvel Universe movies. I mean, and there's no doubt about it, when you watch a Marvel movie, there's a certain style. It is stylized. It looks a certain way. You expect certain things from a Marvel movie. Um, almost like I wouldn't say they're formulaic, but the feel of them, all of the similar tone. Right. Except for maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, which kind of broke out of that mold a little bit. At least in my opinion. But uh, he's saying that this one's going to be really different. With a more supernatural, uh, well, a little bit of mysticism. This is going to be a little bit, it's going to be weirder than what we see. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, that's good? you think, I mean... Does it matter? I mean, Benny Cumberbatch is in it. I mean, does it really matter? <laughs> I'm not up on Doctor Strange, so I, I mean... Oh, isn't he, isn't he in it? He's the main character, right? Well, yeah, Benny Cumberbatch? Yeah. yeah, he's playing yeah. Doctor Strange, yeah. yeah. So. so, I mean, I mean, the worst he'll get is good, so... Um, <laughs> if that's Wait, what the character I calls for. question, though. Well, he say This actor came out and said that this is going to be... Um, this is going to be different than the other Marvel movies okay. in tone, style, and feel. So it wasn't really a question. It was more of a statement that this is not going to fit into the feel and look of the other Marvel movies that we've got. Okay. But it'll probably still be in the same universe as it would have to be, you'd think. the Avengers. Or so that. it is because it's in the arc. Yeah, it's in the arc. So they're saying it's going to have a different look and feel. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily bad. I mean, it gives a fresh life. You know, it breathes a little bit of fresh air into maybe something that we've become used to, and that's not bad. Yeah, we could, we could, I mean, the accusation could see when they're seeing this movie, it just feels formulaic. I mean, um, and, and Doctor Strange is not the same kind of superhero as these other characters are, so it should be whatever, whatever's true to the character. Yeah. So it's the director, and, and he also helped write, Scott uh, Derrickson. He comes from a long line of he did Sinister and The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Sinister Two, um, Deliver Us from Evil. He it he's he's coming and Hellraiser Inferno. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so let's see what else has he got here. He's coming from a very different point of view of storytelling. So that's probably what's going to throw people off. But then again, the guy who did who's doing. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, he came from the same thing, but he came from a cheesier version of it. He did right. Um, right. A, a lot of the goofier stuff. Was that, was that James Gunn? Was that the guy that wrote it? Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, know, you know James Gunn directed a movie because you'll see his brother front and center. <laughs> yeah, his we, brother is in everything he does, and I love that. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, and, 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 and so that's a, it's not going to be bad. I mean, here's a, here's a reality. I mean, the franchise is owned by Disney, right? So I mean, it's it's a Disney movie, and so it's gonna have it's gonna have a Disney quality and that expectation. So we, it might look different, but it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna feel very friendly. They want this to sell. Oh yeah. Well, so it's owned by Disney, but it's still coming out of the the Marvel film house. So there's True. you still have that kind of that blessing of the Whedons. <laughs> 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 That seems to fall upon everything that Marvel, you know, they they they're very 
careful and 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 what's the word when they make a decision it's not very lightly it's they every step is is very calculated so i they took a chance on james gunn and look how amazing that was and it wasn't a big chance they knew it would it would bite but people said the same thing about him because of his film history so I it's gonna I I agree it'll probably be different because this guy made some really weird movies. Yeah, but I'm kind, that. that actually excites me a little. Well, After seeing Captain America, which falls into that Marvel formula, um, although it it feels like a middle of a, a movie. Captain America, this Civil War feels like it's missing the beginning and the ending. I feel like we just watched the middle of something. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to see it. Awesome. I, yeah, it's good. It'll be it'll be fun. The other movie I'm looking really forward to seeing is Wolverine. Hmm. So uh, they're working on the third Wolverine movie um, yeah. with Hugh Jackman. He's reprising his role as Wolverine. Um, and you probably know this, but I was a huge fan of the first Wolverine movie. I liked it better than the X Men movie, in my personal opinion. Um, Wolverine has always been my favorite X-Men character. I know that's true probably for many people. Uh, and so the fact that this is coming out and the title of it, Weapon X, is the rumored title, uh, rumored from the X-Men film's Twitter account. It's not confirmed, but it's rumored. But still, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And I know that the, the the did you watch Wolverine in Japan that one the Japanese I, one I did it was okay it, it didn't was, wasn't like the first one no the first one was better um, yeah the, the the Wolverine the second Wolverine movie I didn't care for as much and did you see both Wolverine movies so you mean so there's X Men Origins Wolverine and then there's the Wolverine which is the one where the one that happened in Japan. Um, I didn't like the first one because it just got a little too cheesy for me. Um, and their version of Deadpool was uh, terrible. But it was <laughs> it was a pretty good story. The film just couldn't film. I didn't love the film. I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. The, the, the next film, The Wolverine, to me it was like I was watching a video game and I liked it. I liked that whole crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of blend Ooh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's some of that... Uh, I, I I liked them both. I'm not. I want to get excited about the new film, but I I just don't know enough about Wolverine to know where they're going to go next. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting, and I don't. We don't know really much about the movie right now. I'm just I'm excited. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Did you read the comic books? Uh, some of them. Some of them. Some of them. I haven't read all. I'm not. I mean, I didn't grow up reading comic books, so I read them okay. as an adult, and only read a smattering here and there, and so only some of them. So, okay. Have you Have you read the uh, the the Weapon X comic line? I've not. The only, the last time I read anything with Wolverine in it was uh, last year, Ms. Marvel. Um, there was a there was a five book arc where she had to do a team up with Wolverine, and it was adorable. He sh- well, he shows up at one of the and one or two of the issues, and it was really cute. Oh, cool! But um, I, I'm not familiar with him, so I don't know what to expect. I Hugh Jackman can knock it out of the park, and the, he is Wolverine. He's yeah. a little too tall to be Wolverine because in the comic books he's a shorter dude. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. 
Because <laughs> it's Hugh friggin' Jackman. Exactly. Okay? It's Hugh friggin' Jackman. So that's <laughs> now we and have boy can he wear space pants. <laughs> <laughs> he can. As long as he doesn't slice them up, we're fine. That's right. Um, we have two stories here. Uh, and did you want to take one of these stories, either the classic Transformers or the Battlestar Galactica? Hmm. Well, I'd like to do Battlestar Galactica. All right, the Miles. Why don't we go to Miles first? We'll do that one then last. Miles, do you want to talk about the fact that Classic Transformers is getting a big 30th anniversary release? Sure. So uh, if, if you've been anxious to rewatch the 1986 animated Classic Transformers movie, we have good news to report. Just in time for the movie's 30th anniversary, Shout Factory announced that it struck a deal with Hasbro Studios for North American distribution rights via to the animated action adventure, which has been out of print for some time. Transformers the Movie 30th Anniversary Edition will debut on Blu-ray and DVD on September 13th. Yeah. And my understanding is it's getting a fresh look, too. Like, they're updating the quality. You know how they go back and... They're remastering it. Yeah, they're remastering it. So it's going to look better than ever for HD. Mm -hmm. So... I, uh... Do you remember this movie, Miles? I saw it in theaters, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I got the DVD uh, some years ago. Oh, say, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's all you're saying? No, no I, 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 I love the movie. Yeah. No, don't get me. No, it's, uh, I enjoyed it in theaters, and, uh, you know, I, so, yeah, uh, um, I look forward to seeing what they do with it. I wish you would release it back in theaters for the 30th anniversary. It doesn't look like they're going straight to Blu-ray, it sounds like, but my son would like this. Oh, yeah. So. Um, do you remember this movie coming out in theaters? I don't remember it coming out in theaters, but I know that you can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, I, I have you on occasion, like pulled it up and watched it on YouTube because I like the only way I the only other the only other way I could find it is on VHS. And who's got one of those anymore? Uh, uh, um, raises his hand. I I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but you do have space pants, and that's all it matters. Oh, do I have space pants? No, I'm glad. I, that, I'm, I am glad the video's <laughs> off, M. So I beg. <laughs> really? Just anyway. Anyways, it'll be, cool. it'll be neat because you know, like, so um, you know, Netflix just rebooted Voltron on Friday, and that was I awesome know, on the tenth. I know. So I know. it's kind of nice to see that some of the old school stuff that. Um, that that I, I just loved um, coming back and seeing I, I love the resurgence I love that they're cleaning up and remastering Transformers and that Michael Bay will be nowhere near it <laughs> yeah well, Sha- but, I, but I hear that Shia LaBeouf's in it just kidding no that, no, no, no. <laughs> no just do it Shia LaBeouf <laughs> I just don't I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand him, and that's his art, and that's okay. But those films were terrible. <laughs> uh, but they made millions of dollars. Um, they did make millions they of dollars. Did. All right. But, like, now they're they're rebooting stuff. Like yeah. now they want to reboot Battlestar Galactica again. I know. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, you know, Universal is really banking on Battlestar Galactica. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? They can't. So that's just silly because the TV show just kind of wrote itself into a hole. It, the, the reboot. It was good, but it wrote itself into a hole. Caprica 
had no no interest whatsoever because again they were writing themselves into a hole they just there was n they weren't getting the right people to put it together and now it it seems like they've signed on the the producer from Westworld on HBO uh Lisa Joy to put a script together so that Francis Lawrence the guy who did I Am Legend and ha Hunger Games um he's he want he might want to direct it um they're kind of I like the term circling the project, right. which means they're trying to find someone to buy in. And the fact that they're they're shopping it around and they're trying to find someone to buy in makes me really nervous because they will – I don't want them to screw it up. I loved BSG. I loved original. I loved Galactica 1980. I loved reboot BSG. I loved Caprica. It was go it, it just needed better writing. Yeah. Um, there's there's no there's no call for it, but it's it's apparently it's pushing through, so it's impressive. I mean, if they can make a story that really works, the they'll they'll see what they can do about building it as a bigger franchise. Well, that's a thing that I think uh, we need to understand here. They aren't viewing this as just another PSG movie. They're viewing yeah. this as being. A movie with a ton of sequels and spin-offs. For the franchise, yeah. They're, this, they're, 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 they're viewing this to be big. It's not Star Trek. Yeah. It's not Star Wars. It's not. I think it, they want to try to have it. Can, can, can BSG be Star Trek and Star Wars? No. 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 Why not? They are on a, they're on a journey. And when they find their planet, their journey is over. That is the story of Battlestar Galactica, a ragtag group of, of, of people who have to survive um, their own doing. They're, they, they are their own undoing and recreating civilization and finding a new place to live and making sure that they don't repeat the mistakes of their past. And it's, it, I, I think, um, oh, I can't think of his name. The the guy who did it in Robert something or the other. Ronald D. Moore. Ronald D. Moore. Rod, Ronald D. Moore. He he did a really amazing job of he stretching did. that story as far as it could go. Yeah, and it, it would have to be an incredibly dynamic story, and they would. I would want to see it from a from the point of from a even a, a different point of view. But it's called Battlestar Galactica, so it has to be on the Galactica. So. Yeah. They it's they have to tread very carefully and tell the right story with the right characters. It has to be about the story, not about how do we make money off this. It worked better as a TV show. I just, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I don't know what you can do with a, a two-hour movie every couple of years. That's when I think one of the weaknesses with with. I'm not um, dogging or hating on on JJ. JJ uh, Trek, but you know we get a movie you know once every few years, and um, it just doesn't advance the story. So uh, it's true. It's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how you'll do it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and, and hear me out. I would love to see Battlestar Galactica back because I love Battlestar Galactica. So but good. but but as a as a two hour movie. That is continued, you know, maybe every a couple of years. Um, I just don't know how that staying power is going to be unless you. I, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. I, just I agree know. with Miles. It should be. A, it needs to be a serial. Yeah. It needs to be on television. Yeah. But 
a reboot that's coming up that we didn't write down on our little list here and something I'd like to bring up because I unfriended someone on Facebook for commenting on this. Uh, (laughs) Ghostbusters comes out in July. Oh, yeah, that's right. And And if I have to hear one more person, so everyone's entitled to their opinion and everyone's entitled to hear me rant and rave about something and they can take it or leave it and that's fine. And you can take it. I'll listen to your opinion as well. But people who are standing up and and refuting and just just endlessly like verbally, diuretically, emphatically hating this movie because it's women instead of men, just zip it. I'm over that. That's just the stupidest reason I've ever heard ever. Just grow the frick up. Really? Because it's chicks? That's just dumb. And now I'm off my soapbox. Yeah. So, guys, what's your opinion? <laughs> you know, I I saw <laughs> I'm the. I'm curious. I, I saw I, I saw the trailer for it, and it's going to be different, but that doesn't mean it's bad. I I thought it was funny. Like the trailer was funny. funny. The um the, the the role reversal, the the homage of playing to the original, um, but kind of bringing it into the modern sensibility. I I I, I can't see. Unless the script's terrible, I can't see how this movie's not going to do well because it plays into the nostalgia that we are all so fond of loving. Bill and Murray is in the movie. I know. I mean, and so... He's in the movie. I know. So, I mean, there's there's certainly this kind of handing off of the reins to another generation, and you need to do that. And if you, if you want to keep this franchise going, and I, I like it. I like that. And so... I, I'm reserving judgment on the film based on the merit of the film, not based on the fact that there's chicks front-running this film. Amen, brother. Well, and, and, and these chicks are all heavy hitters. They've proven themselves. Uh, they're all funny. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to have an opinion until I see it. I'll, I'll see it first, and then I'll make up my own mind. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I love you guys. Yep. Absolutely, and I, and I did like the trailer when I saw it. So yeah, I, I thought the trailer. Looked, looked, do, do you know what weekend that comes out? When's that? When is it coming out? Uh, it comes out the twenty second of July. Oh, all right, so it'll probably be competing with Star Trek. Yeah, another summer movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Star Trek is the eighth of July. Oh, good. And then and That's then soon after that, that is the really? Born movie, and then Suicide oh, Suicide Squad. Born movie. Born movie, I know, right? I just I know. the trailer Matt was on this Lucy Warcraft, amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna go back. Are we still getting a Gambit movie? I, that's what I heard. I don't know if it or not. I, 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 can't, I have to look that up. I, I, anyway, we could go on for hours, which I know you boys have other things to do. Yeah. According to IMDb, <laughs> I'll zip it. Uh, Star Trek Beyond comes out July 22nd. Okay, so after shortly. Yeah. So the same weekend as Ghostbusters. Yes. All right. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, so they'll be fighting for the same geek crowd in some ways, but maybe different. See them both, folks. Yeah, see them both. Two film weekend. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's go into our last promo tonight. We're going to give some love to the Gate cast, and uh, they're still pumping out shows. Yep, Mike and Alan are reviewing uh, Stargate Universe right now, their first uh, three episodes. And uh, curse them, guys. I, I've enjoyed the reviews and now I'm going back and I'm watching the show again I've <laughs> watched seven episodes so far oh good, good that's a franchise that could that I mean it had a it has a broad reach 
of shows, but that's a show that like Stargate, you just that's something that you can you don't even have to reboot it. You just start the next generation of stories. I'd like to see that come back. There's talk of doing another Stargate movie, but I think it would be I don't I'm not sure if it'd be a sequel or if it would be a reboot, but That'd be awesome. So, uh, Roland Emmerich, the guy that did the very first Stargate before any of the TV shows, is talking about rebooting that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that is that is in the works. I've had, he's, uh, after Independence Day comes out, he'll have all the time in the world. So, right. Well, we should have the guys on the show and have a conversation about that. We should. You want to reach out and talk about uh, the future for Stargate? Sure. Sure. Uh, I know My- Miles was in contact with him and... Yeah, Miles, reach out. Like, that'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be great to have Mike and Jerry. We have to deal with the fact that they're across the pond, so we might have to work yeah, with them a little bit. Yeah, we'll Mike, Mike is in England, and Alan, I think, is back in Ireland. Yeah, it'd be great to have him on the diner. So, mm-hmm. that'd be great. All right. The myths of a thousand worlds tell of a time when darkness enveloped the galaxy, an age before the coming of the fifth race. Tales and legends of gods that could crush worlds but with a gesture, and vast armies to enslave the free peoples of our realms. Armies whose existence spanned hundreds of generations, yet long gone. And we ask ourselves, what if these myths have a kernel of truth? One thing is known, those who now claim to be descended from the fifth race are not eager to look back into the darkness, but events have conspired against them, as long lost worlds outside of the gate systems have been discovered. The first artifacts and data have been studied, and now is the time for the true story to be told. These are the people of the fifth race, before they became saviors of the galaxy. Watch, listen and comprehend, then spread the lessons we learned from the people of the Earth and its Stargate command. Engage the translation matrix. Matrix ready. Input search phrase. Gatecast, a Stargate podcast. Gatecast implemented. Translation and interpretation engaged for Stargate archives. Audio format. Enhance, please. Gatecast additional data located. Gatecast.co.uk also under the heading Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter and iTunes. Gatecast, by fans, for fans. Stargate forever. Well, let's talk about Simon Tam. We had a chance to sit down and interview him at Farpoint. Do you want to talk about this, Emma, a little bit? Well, uh, hold on. Because he, his- he was wearing space pants. He was wearing amazing space pants. Um, <laughs> and lovely. Hold on. I'm actually looking up the actor's name. Sean Marr. Sean Marr. Thank you. So, um, so talking Mar. to Sean Marr was that that man is just the sweetest and kindest. And I was feeling like death that weekend. And he was just so incandescent that I didn't feel sick at all around <laughs> Not because he played an actor, but just such a good, sweet person and just yummy to talk to. Yeah. Not terribly hard in the eyes either, if I recall correctly. That dude, I have a bunch of pictures of him putting my tiara on. He cannot take a terrible picture. He's amazing. <laughs> oh, he was yeah. carved by Michelangelo. The, he, there's, there's no doubt. The embodiment of David in the flesh. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, he's, he was so generous, and he would have talked longer. Uh, and, you know, God bless Farpoint. They, they limit the actors as far as how long they can interview, and rightly so, because 
we could obviously sit there for an hour and have a conversation. And that would take up time that they could be at their table signing and places they need to go. Um, but uh, we just had a great conversation with him. And I got to hear, I, I forgot to say, I saw Batman Bad Blood where he uh, voiced uh, the character of Nightwing. Oh, yeah. So Nightwing. Yes, That's great. So anyways, uh, anything else you want to say about this interview? It's awesome. You should listen to it. Yeah, well, hey, well, why don't we play it? River was more than gifted. She... She was a gift. Everything she did, you know, music, math, theoretical physics, even, even dance, there was nothing that didn't come as naturally to her as breathing does to us. And I was contacted by some men, some underground movement. They, they said that she was in danger, that, that the government was playing with her brain. I'll never stop. I'll just keep coming and forget what you took. I get confused. Yeah, skip the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. have a chat. Because there's really no point in having an introduction. We all know who this wonderful man is. We do. Oh shucks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even look at you. <laughs> it's really bad. It's no, really bad. No. In like five minutes, I'll be able to look at you. All right, all right, all right. So, obviously, here at the con, we bring, we you're here because of your connection to the sci-fi community. Mm -hmm. um, was there something that drew you into the sci-fi community, or was it just kind of luck of the draw? Like, yeah, no, it was all luck. I mean, I don't believe in coincidences, but right. uh, you know, it just sort of it came. I, I do remember when you know when Firefly was being, um, uh, or when my agent was pitching it to me the idea he was like going over the, the the pilots of that season he's like there's this pilot there's that pilot he's like oh there's this thing called firefly you know the guy from buffy's doing it and um it's a, a, a sci-fi series for fox and i said oh i don't know sci-fi really not my thing you know um not realizing kind of what it was there was no script at the time as well which was so <laughs> interesting so when i met joss all i had was that um that first um, that first scene where Simon is explaining to the crew, you know, you know, when he talks, tells him what happened to his sister. So all I had, that's all I had for the audition, uh, which was just genius. And then <laughs> I got to, when I met Joss, I got to sit down with this man and say, hey, since there's no script, like, why don't you just tell me about the world? And so I got to hear it from his mouth, which was unbelievable. And I left that meeting and called my agent immediately and was like you know I, I i i know there's no script and i know i said that this sci-fi thing really wasn't sort of you know the route i wanted to take but i, I want to work with this man and it was really just all joss um and so that's sort of how i fell into it and then when i read it i was like i don't know i, I guess i had this like weird sci-fi is so expansive now the genre right so we can talk you know lord of the rings or like harry potter or you know star trek or you know i feel like dexter somehow falls into this genre like so the, like the genre has become so inclusive of so many different um obviously now with you know lots of the comic book um adaptations um so i think the word sci-fi is means so much more than it did, you know, a decade ago. Yeah, when we were growing up. Yeah, I mean, it was like lasers and aliens, right? In space, you know, in space, and 
And Which is so, it was so funny because when, when we shot the pilot and then the notes that Joss got from Fox was so funny because they were like, I don't get it. Why are there horses in outer space? Where are the lasers? Where are the aliens? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not really the world I created. It's more like a post-apocalyptic western. Huh? You know, so that was sort of... Uh, yeah. But that's a delicious... Going into something like that, it's unknown, so it lets yeah. you play. Oh yeah. So when they when the upper, so you're given Simon Tam, were you given the opportunity to play a little bit more and kind of explore? As all of it seemed like all of you were still exploring and figuring it out yeah. along along the way. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the beauty with Joss. <laughs> I mean, he's such a, I mean, he's a genius for so many reasons. But I think working with him, it was the first time I got to sit down with somebody and have him you know have the creator tell me oh here's here's what I see you know and here's the evolution that I kind of see and so I was privy to that yet at the same time I know that he was writing from what he was seeing us do so it was really um, it, was, it was it was beautifully collaborative um, but we didn't realize that was happening until like he was he was kind of watching us a lot off camera, right? You know, so there was a lot of like the dynamics he was sort of like threading into the characters like as 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 the series was progressing. But there was definitely you know, there was a lot of room. Obviously there was a lot of room to explore and evolve more. Um, I think specifically with Simon, we were just starting just like kind of the tip of the iceberg just starting to see him get a little a little rougher, getting his hands dirty a little more, starting to become more of the crew, um, but you know, unfortunately, we didn't really get to do too much of that. I know it's so disappointing. You got well, well, you got to do some some you know ass kissing in the or kicking in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even speak. I should just stop. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. stop. Well, there was kissing too. There was <laughs> kissing. <laughs> right, that moment is T-vote in my brain forever in the theater. Just the roar of joy yeah. when that you get that wonderful little amuse bouche of what could possibly happen. Yeah. It was yeah. wonderful. Oh, I love that the amuse bouche. It was. Yeah. It, it certainly like amused my bouche. But <laughs> it was just that little that just. Oh, but I want more. And then yeah. some of the fan fiction that's out there is questionable and sassy. So I don't. Have you have you ever reached out and looked and to see what people have, the, how they've stretched Simon Tam? No, no. That's probably better that way. Is it? Yeah. Use your imagination. You're fine. I would say, yeah. so it's, all, it's all puppies and kittens. You're fine. No. It's totally fine. Now I'm curious. <laughs> I, hear, I mean, I hear when I come to events like this, I, I, I hear. Yeah. Well, it just it lends to the just the passionate love of the characters yeah. and the story yeah. and the world, and it's delicious. It's absolutely yeah. delicious. Yeah. And at, at every age, too. I mean, there's little kids dressed up like little Rivers and little Simons. And little, yeah. at New York Comic Con, there was a whole family that was all dressed up yeah. like the entire crew. And yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah. This yeah. is years after the show went off oh, the air, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it still has. We still love it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not going to go away anytime yeah. soon. Well, I feel like now I'm, I'm starting to say with the, with the little ones, I'm starting to notice now, you know, there's a new generation of, of, of viewers. I mean, my kids are too young, but um, I'm starting to meet, you know, at, at, at events like this, like, oh, hey, you know, I'm here with my dad. He just introduced me to Firefly, and mm. wow, I really love it. And it's just like, you know, there's a whole new wave of, of brown coats. 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Firefly wasn't your only time with Joss because mm -hmm. you, what I think the best interpretation of Much Ado About Nothing oh. I've ever seen. Oh, Any, thank you. You and Nathan and just, and Clark, uh, everybody, that yeah. whole cast. Yeah, oh, God, So how is, that what's was, that phone call like? That was a, uh, that was, that was an email that I got at <coughs> two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, was, I was in Chicago working on a series and I got back to my hotel room and I just opened my, um, my laptop and there was a new from Joss and I was like, oh, and he was, he explained to me, you know, this is this is what I'm doing, and blah blah blah. blah. And then he said, you know, I, I need a sexy villain. What saith you? Um, <laughs> and I emailed back and I said, Just, does this mean you think I'm sexy? And, and then he ma emails you back. Uh, stop fishing for compliments, Sean. Of course, of course, I think you're sexy. Like, are you in or out? I was like, relax, Joss. Hang on. Like, let me talk to my manager. So I was actually in Chicago, thinking, oh, I'm on this series. I'm not going to be able to do the movie, you know. And I secretly was okay with that because I was so scared because it was Shakespeare, because I'd never done Shakespeare, and because it was Joss, you know. And you always want to be right by Joss, of course. And and so I then flew to LA to I was at an event for NBC with my manager and I said oh hey by the way I got this email from Joss the other night and I, you know he's doing you know film adaptation of much do but and my manager was like say no more you know tell him yes take out your phone right now and tell him yes and I'm like in the middle of this party I said I'm, I'm in and he was like great you know more details to follow and I'm like okay and then I was like well what about the show my manager was like don't worry I will, I'll, I'll get you out and I'm like okay and so that was it and um, I was terrified, terrified, <laughs> terrified. Well, Don John's not easy. Well, Shakespeare's not easy, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, it was, it's funny. It's because I, I think given the, like I say, it, it's Joss. And, and, it's, and it's William Shakespeare, you know? And so you really want to do right by those two. Um, and I think... You know, because it was we shot it twelve days, there was very little room for error. And he, Joss, was basically sat us down as actors and was like, "So here's what's going to happen. I know exactly what I want. I'm going to set up a few cameras. You're going to have one, maybe two takes. You know, so don't get up. Right? <laughs> can, I, can I curse on here? That's it's fine. I can always edit it. Out. Oh, okay. So, you know, so he was like, "Just don't, you know, don't f it up." And we were all like, oh, okay, you know, so I think because of the nature, um, and we had a lot of rehearsal, which was great, but I think we, uh, uh, I think because everybody, like you say, it was just chock full of everybody, you know, uh, Amy and Alexis and Clark and, you know, Reed and, um, and Fran and just all of these remarkable actors and everybody showed up bringing like 150% awesome. of themselves. Which, you know, and that was it. He set up the camera and we just went for it. And I think that's what everybody saw. Just essentially he caught live theater in his house. You know, he just threw it up. And so everything that you saw is usually our first take. Like wow. usually just like that is it. Um, that's delicious. Which is crazy. So, so it was terrifying, but it was one of the more 
um, exhilarating experiences because, like, you know, we would he would yell cut, and I would literally just I had goosebumps. I was like, oh yeah, that was yeah. amazing. That was so fun. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Everyone's like, yes, yes. Even craft service was like, oh, I love it, I'm gonna make even better cookies tomorrow. <laughs> it's like everybody. There was so much love and passion, and like, the, especially the party scene. Like, I mean, yeah. I looked around his backyard, and like. Only Joss and Kai would know, would have friends who were Cirque du Soleil artists who were just like swinging from the, you know, the, the, the trees, trees, you know, just yeah. like, and yeah. only they could call them up and be like, hey, I'm doing a movie. You want to come be in it? Or, and uh, you look around, you had every, you know, writer, producer, casting director, all just showing up being extras in that movie. Um, just, for no other reason than Joss asked them to do it, you know, and it's <laughs> just, it's pretty remarkable. That's awesome. Well, and I continues on. I'm totally taking this over. It's so fine, you guys, there can... is we are. We, oh, we are. Well, a time super thing. quick. Oh, okay. Since Joss is doing all these wonderful comic book worlds and yeah. bringing them to the big screen, and you don the cape of uh, Nightwing, yeah. via cartoon, yeah. Um, would you don a cape in real life? I would love to. Have, where's the email to Joss that says, <laughs> "What am I going to be on your I know, right? Um, and who would you want to be? I don't know. I want to. I love night. I, I have a thing for Nightwing. My son does too. I've, I really, I didn't really know him that well um, when they offered me the role, and I didn't know that I would be doing the voice for as long as I've been doing it. Um, How long have you been doing the voice now? So, oh God, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> so I've done five films now. However many years that is. Wow. I always do I always do like in my head like by my children's ages so maybe like <laughs> that's a good way to yeah four four years now? four years wow. wow no not that long I forget yeah. sorry that's alright but I love Nightwing I love Nightwing that's great well thank you so much for sitting down with us yeah thanks Sunday for night. having me No, I'm uninterested. Get interested. I don't need to be trained by some circus clown. My grandfather taught me everything I need to know about personal combat. Well, I was trained by Bruce Wayne, and every time they met, he kicked Rachel Ghoul's ass. Just like I'm kicking yours. Well, welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Simon Tan, a.k.a. Shalmar, and actually probably reversed. Um, but I wanted to share with you the uh, top, uh, some of NASA's top picks for the worst movies in sci-fi of all time. And we haven't had five at five in a long time. We haven't. And these, and they actually have a second part that is their best movies of all time. Should we do both or just one this week? Let's just, let's just do the one this week. Let's do the, so we're going to start out with the bad news. We, we were going to give you the bad news first, then we'll give you the good news. The good news will be the next show. But so these are the, the, the worst movies in science fiction. And um, did you click on the link, M? No, I'm about to. Okay, do that. And why don't we take like every other one? And there, there are more than five here. So we'll, we'll, we'll read all of them because I think there's like seven. Um, 
but Miles, do you want to start out with number one worse? Are you on the site? I am just trying to scroll to it. Um, okay, so it's down down below under what they view as being the worst science fiction movies out there. Now, this came out in 2012, so there have been movies out since that might also qualify, but just to clear, clarify. Mm-hmm. But. Well, ironically enough, um, the worst, the first worst one that they, they said was 2012. Yeah, and so why did they say that? Um, neutrinos from a solar flare heat up the Earth's core, sending off the end of life as we know it. The plot conveniently ignores the fact that neutrinos pass straight through matter, even us, without doing much of anything. Ah, oh, but a great plot device. Oh, oh yeah. I'm just kidding. Bad signs. Bad signs all around. Yes. Uh, and did you want to do the core? <laughs> <laughs> I actually own this movie. <laughs> it is so bad. The premise being that the military created a weapon that um, was supposed to, it was using sound waves, could disrupt an enemy's, like the the they could... Uh, they could affect the water. They could affect the soil. That basically, like an ecological weapon. But they accidentally stopped the core of the Earth from spinning properly. So that affects, you know, all the Van Allen belts. It affects the magnetism. It affects the poles. And then we don't have that protective shell. And Oh my God! What are we gonna do? Well, this really adorable geologist and some NASA guys and some dude in the middle of the desert come up <laughs> with a way to use nuclear bombs peppered in the core of the Earth to start it spinning again. Because right. you know, that's an exact science. <laughs> exactly. Have to out exactly. Exactly. How much of a how much with <laughs> dynamics. There's the physics behind it. There's just the sheer mass of the planet. Uh, sure, this movie is absolute. The science is spot on, and by spot on, total crap. Absolutely. Number three brings in "Don't Want to Miss a Thing." Steven Tyler's movie Armageddon, actually not his movie, but his daughter's movie, uh, where in 1998 a dream, a team of dream, I guess I can dream of it too, but a team of drillers are sent to an asteroid to strike Earth to split it up into two parts to fly safely past the planet, completely ignoring Newton's first law of motion. An object will remain at rest or uniform motion straight line unless acted upon by an external force. Which is to say, all they did was make two asteroids that would hit Earth. You know, I I I, I, I liked this movie so much. I saw it in theaters like at least I used two to or own it. Times. I used to own it. I, I own the VHS. But they're right. I mean, come on, you break up an asteroid, it's not going anywhere. It's coming straight for you. And, and my no, wife. It was the other movie. It wasn't Armageddon. It was um, Deep Impact. Where they split the they split the comet in two. This was an asteroid that they had to that uh, not Will Smith. Um, yeah. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah, kind of like Will Smith. They look they look like. like. All the time. Um, <laughs> in space pants, especially. In space pants. In his space pants, he leaves. He stays behind. Take care of my little girl. <laughs> Blows up the whole asteroid, and it was. Um, it was Deep Impact where um, uh, Frodo Baggins um, <laughs> discovers a comet that's coming right it's coming right for us and they split it in two and one of them ends up hitting us a little part of it but the other one 
the the entire crew decides to sacrifice themselves and I think the best line is it in, in it when they're all getting ready to to blow up the other half of the the asteroid was um, just look at it this way guys we're all gonna have high schools named after us <laughs> that was like that's the cool like any astronaut that goes up into space like there's the possible there's the potential of him having or she having a, a high school named after them but so that's Armageddon was just one piece yeah. Deep Impact was two, but they were they came out the same year. I know. I, know. I, I was thinking Armageddon, the 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 love song from that. Uh, my wife and I danced to that. that uh, Don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, at a yeah. reception. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take on number four? Sure. I, I remember <laughs> this one. Uh, volcano, 1997. Los Angeles is destroyed by a volcano that springs up in this city. Bad science mingling with cheesy dialogue and effects. Yeah, oh, the yes. worst. <laughs> uh, number five, Em, you want to take this one? So, Chain Reaction. Hold on, I want to look it up because I think I remember this film. Whoa, dude. With, it, it was Keanu Reeves doing science. That's right. I know science. Chain Reaction. I know what? From the description, I'm barely remembering two researchers with the Green Alternative Project. Oh, they're framed for murder and treason. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, this is the this is one of the worst worst perpetrators of fake bad science ever. And it just and it had Morgan Freeman in it, but it just was a clunker. Uh it's not even you know what? No one should ever watch this. As my 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 gift to humanity, don't watch this movie. Keep those that 1 hour and 47 minutes to yourself. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to look up the last movie just so you can read the synopsis and just so you can share about it uh, but number six comes the sixth day in Arnie, an Arnie movie Schwarzenegger's clone because one of them just isn't freaking enough I've seen that movie I have too mm-hmm. I seem to have enjoyed it when it came out but. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it yeah yeah it's, I mean like cloning right what could go wrong? The, exactly. Obviously, not much at all. But do you want to tell us about what the movie that comes in at number seven, and that will end our list here? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> so, it's called, What the Pound Sign, Dollar Sign, Asterix, Exclamation Point, Do We Know, but with the K of no in parentheses. Um, so is a radical departure from convention. It demands a freedom of view and greatness. Who wrote this summary? They're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> not an idiot. They're just, they didn't really watch this movie. That's right. Apparently a woman is divorced, a divorced woman who makes a living being a photographer during the fall of the year. She begins to see the world differently. I don't. Why is this even a science fiction movie? I never oh, heard of it. Kind of an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing. You know what? Yeah. We're not going to give it any more credence. Done. Yeah, they, they, NASA hated it, so we'll, we'll hate it too. So that's enough for me. So, <laughs> well, anyways, I, I just don't think it's worth watching. Yeah. Well, anyway, so this is the uh, top seven uh, science fiction movies not to watch. Uh, the worst, and there's probably others we could add to the list that have bad science on them. Because that seems to be one of the criterion for it. But um, we'll give you movies that they say, hey, you know, these movies actually are pretty good. And we'll share them with you the next time we do the show.
I will recommend if you can watch the movie Contact with an astrophysicist, it's super fun. Oh, I bet. They, it's just it's entertaining. Watch the astrophysicist as they watch the movie. It's yeah. awesome. That's for you, Jen and Dave. Yep, for you. You know, I, I know, I, I love you guys, and I, I know that Contact is how you guys do your jobs every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Do we have anything else we want to plug? I think we're pretty good. I think we're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do we want to plug? Well, next week, space next pants. Space pants. <laughs> Make sure that uh, between now and uh, the next time we record, which is in two weeks, so I believe that's like the twenty eighth or something like that. Sure. So, um, we're going to be recording on the twenty eighth or the twenty seventh. 28th, we're going to be recording our review slash uh, talking about the nostalgia of Independence Day, uh, the first one. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about that, especially if you manage to watch it wearing space pants, because that would just absolutely make the experience awesome and uh, and quite enjoyable. And uh, maybe you might even be lucky and Gwen Stefani is going to come out and, you know, start sitting with you and watch a movie if you were in space pants, because that oh, happens. Right. That oh, happens. Right. You know. It happens. I saw it happen on TV. It has to be real. So, um, <laughs> so anyways, we're doing that. And if you're coming to Shore Leave or Escape Velocity, please let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or the like. And we would love to meet and greet and see you at one of those events that are coming up. Yes. Yes, I, please. Yeah. So I believe that's about it. All right. Until next time, good night and good luck. We'll see you. Space Pants! Speaking of Star Trek, I saw Carl Urban. He was, Carl Urban was, oh, a, oh, wow. he was an awesome con, and he is so pretty. Can you hear everyone okay? Yeah, absolutely. Are you getting any feedback or anything? Because no. I don't have you in headphones. You sound beautiful. Aw, you're so sweet. It's rare for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, muting now. You call me a jerk. Well, I am a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>